Tis I, Lord Podcast. Are you yearning to equip yourself with the confidence to record? Elijah, the skilled podcast professional, is preparing himself for a tale of tools and skill that only a mighty podcaster may employ in one's podcast journey. Elijah, I do believe that we shall teach our weary wanderer the confidence that they strive to achieve. Shall we start a podcast? We shall. It's settled. Let's start a podcast. I'm your host, Elijah. Marsha is here uh, joining me to answer the age-old question. How do I grow my audience? But more because there's a story, uh, there's patience, and there's a lot going on behind the scenes. You can't just wait for people to show up and, and likey-like your stuff. It's mm-hmm. You got to go out there and grind. Marsha, thank you so much for being here to, okay. to give a dose of reality. I am grateful to be here, Elijah. Thank you for having me. And I very much believe in a dose, a dose of like reality. I'm more, way more about reality than anything else. You live every day with intention, including saluting your hats and your, your attire when you're doing walks uh, in the park. Is that on purpose? I think from years of podcasting, I have downloads when I move, like it's just how it happens. And I tend to share what I'm walking through every day. And it's funny because I think that as humans, we overthink our content constantly. And we think the things that we're walking through every day are boring or not relatable. Um, They're the most relatable parts of us. And so I just tend to share, I'll get a download that might be three or four stories and I will share it. And then sometimes if I get good feedback, that becomes another podcast episode coming up. Like I'm honestly creating an ongoing loop and list of content that's resonating with people. It's interesting because a lot of people, the social experts will tell you, do the long form content and then clip it out. But it seems like you're a bit of a a reverse or it just works for you where you take the Insta, the clips, and then hammer out a long form content. Does that work for you? Yes. And actually, I don't know if I really looked at it that way, but I would say, yes, I am a big fan of repurposing content, huge fan of it. So when I will do the stories, I talk like obviously I talk mostly for what I do for a living and I talk and ideas come and then I listen to feedback. I look at comments and I'm like, okay, there's a, there's an idea for a podcast. I'll sit down and batch record three or four podcasts and that will become content that I'm continuing to share online. People are worried about repeating what they're doing. And honestly, you should be repeating what you're doing because that that's what you're about. And not everybody's going to get uh, the magic of the algorithm or whatever excuse you want. So every, what is it? The repeat every day you repeat something or every month or every quarter, what works for you? Well, that's a great question. So I, I kind of reverse engineer. I'll look at like, what do I have coming up? Right. So um, in this example, like at this time, we're starting like a book writing mastermind coming up and there's some, there's some bonus calls. So it's officially not starting till September, but there is some things earlier. So for the last probably six weeks, maybe two to three times a week, I'm talking about book writing. I'm talking about what does it look like? I've done some podcasts on it. I've really broken down the content. And so I am building up that content as I go. And that's kind of how I map it out. Hmm. Or if I'm walking through something personally that I feel is relatable and can support others, I will look at it and go, okay, this is what we're going to cover this month in my, because I'm typically about a month ahead for my solo episodes. And then I will break down that content and find different ways to share it. Like you can share, I will take an, an Instagram reel, for example, if it hits and I got a lot of comments from it, I will turn that into a hard feed post. I will take that content and put it into an email. 
I just will find different ways of using it because as you say, like, I think the numbers only 3% of your audience in social media are seeing what you have. Yeah. That's like 3%. And the average person needs to, there was a time where we used to need like three to seven views before we would be interested or, you know, um, wanting to inquire more about mm. working with a person. I think we're close to 21 now. And so if only 3% are seeing it and it's 21 times I need to see it, you should be talking about what you're doing. And I'm just going to be super bold and blunt in a second that if, if you're not passionate about what you're doing and you're not excited enough to talk about it a lot, then you probably don't have the right thing. So this is why people just flutter or crumble after six months. Majority podcasts, poof, out. They don't have a plan. They don't have the passion. And they haven't had the experience Marsha has, clearly. No. And I think it's it, when it comes to podcasting, like less than 3% get to over 21 episodes. Like it's really small. Oh. And I think, I think there's like, I, I'm, I'm not correcting my number, but I know it's, I believe it's less than 300,000 active shows, yeah. but well over three to 4 million have started. Most of them are just starting up and then poof, off they go. Yeah. Unlike yeah, yours. Because I think people want instant results. I'm yeah. sorry, but they do, they want instant results. And I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me about podcasting. They're like, well, how long before you make money? And I'm like, if that's what your goal is, I actually encourage you not to do it. Mm. I really don't. You've started in 2017. You have almost 600 episodes and now you have mm-hmm. organic reach or listening count about 200,000, maybe more now. Yeah. We're about 215,000 in the last three years. And those numbers, like my, in 2020, I had 10,000 and in 2021, we had 54,000 in 2022, we were about 115,000. So just, and I know it's a number, but I'm just sharing as like, you can have, you know, leaps in your, um, in your growth. Remind me what the podcast name is. It's called own your choices, own your life. Talk about trauma and difficult conversations. I do. I talk about um, the stories that most people don't want to talk about is literally what it comes down to is the stories that, that we want to pretend aren't happening, but are actually affecting all of us in some way, shape or form. So I like to open up the doors and create safe space to have the conversations that can support a lot of people. And most of the people that I get to interview, they have walked through a very difficult story And they not only have they walked through a difficult story, they are doing something very positive with it and trying to help somebody else out. So that's really what the the clients and people that I get to interview are doing. Very cool. And that comes from your own experience, having drug addiction, kids at young age, learning life lessons and, Mm. and then convert that into positive energy. When was the a leap? When was that trigger, that aha moment where I got to get out of this? I got to snap out and live my life. I think my, I mean, our story probably started about 12 years ago and I, we probably fought hard for five years of that, where it was like very much isolated, alone, um, lots of trauma, lots of challenges. And then there was a few turning points where it was like, okay, this is not working. Like this is just not working. And I was losing myself in the process. And through that a couple of things that happened, I had a counselor who said to me, you know, if your boys come back to you, you need to be a springboard to be able to support them. And right now you're nothing but a big pile of quicksand. You couldn't help anyone if you wanted to. And that she was right. She was right. hundred percent. Right. 
And also the next piece was that I was sick and tired at that time. We hear a lot about vulnerability now, but I invite people to go back to like 2014, 2015. The world of social media was incredibly curated, incredibly curated then like right down to did your feed match? Did things look a certain way? It was always positive quotes. And I just didn't fit into anywhere in there and I couldn't figure it out. And I said, so no matter where I go, people are not talking about difficult stories. And she looked at me and she said, maybe that's because you're supposed to. And I remember having a moment of like, that's crazy. And what if I am? Like I had a moment of like, what if, what if I am actually, how would I do that? What would it look like? Mm. And I got curious. And I think that's a really important piece as humans. We want the answers. Like I could have said to her, well, how am I going to do that? I, she couldn't have told me and I didn't know. I just got curious and started asking different questions. And how could I do that? What would that look like? So I guess it came to a point where a public broadcaster believed in you yeah. and you didn't expect no. it. This was cool because all of a sudden, in your view, out of nowhere, CBC, uh, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, for those uninitiated, the the big shot in Canadian television and radio, came out to you and said, hey, Marsha, you're doing something cool talking about drug addictions. We need to talk to you. Can you tell me a bit about this, how that happened? That's a cool story I want to get into. Absolutely. It was a very cool story at the time. I bet you, I don't have to look up the year on that. I bet you it was 2015 if I had to guess. And, um, with that, I had been speaking, you know, we've been working in the schools, talking to a couple of parents. We've been doing a lot of, you know, group support programs and nothing really big yet. I think my very first time on stage was in 2016. And I think this might've even come before I did my very first talk on stage and somebody had passed along or they had found my information and they asked if they could do an interview. And typically for CBC radio, for anybody who doesn't know, they will never do a live interview because they want to interview you first. So we started the interview on a Thursday and we started the questions and I think they wanted to make sure that I was not going to be one of those angry moms that was going to get in and slam everyone and be negative. We barely got about five minutes in and they said, you know what? Never mind. You need to, can you come to the radio station tomorrow morning? We'll do it live. And I'm like, well, I've never been on live radio before. And I'm like, okay, what time in there? Like 7 a.m. And I'm thinking that's okay. Cause nobody, like nobody listens to CBC radio in the morning. Right. And I literally had told myself that I'm actually probably grateful that I told myself that. And I went in did the interview. I felt like it went really well. I was very, um, you know, honest. And I, I learned to speak from a space of not anger. I had frustration, but not anger. And during that time, then, so we did the interview, I came out, turned my phone on and I was just like, oh my God, like it literally blew it. My phone blew up and I just went, well, everybody knows. And it just was this freeing moment of, and I mean, a lot of people knew we were walking through something, but nowhere's near to this level. And it just felt like it opened up the doors that, wait, maybe I could do something good with the worst story and time in my life. So would your advice be to tell your story and see if a radio station picks you up and then you have no choice but to tell yourself nobody listens and then you're good, like NPR in the States. Like, it's public <laughs> radio, who cares? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's the advice for everyone because not everybody wants to be able to be in that seat, right? It is definitely, mm. it's not comfortable. But at the same time, I mean, I get people all the time who reach out and say, I don't want to speak publicly. 
but I feel like my story is meant to do something. The reason they say that is because of the fear of what are people going to think or say. And I just, the way I look at it is, is that stories are just challenges we walk through, right? Like the story only ever has the meaning that you give it. And so if you give it the meaning that you have failed, that you, you know, are a horrible human, then that story is going to hold you back from living the life that you're meant to live. And so I think it's actually really powerful to learn how to share it, even if it just frees you from the chains that you've created with it. But if you do feel called to share it, then yes, I say definitely start to learn how to do that. Now, one of the things that holds people back is that, and and I did this and I openly talk about this, is, is that we don't share because of fear of what about the people in our life now? What will they say? What will they think? the story is not meant for them. It's actually not meant for them. That's not who you're meant to share it. It's meant to be shared. Like when I look now at who's in my life, like 99% of the people who are in my life now, they weren't here back in 2015 or earlier. And so it has brought the most incredible people into my life. So don't, and, and that just doesn't go for sharing your story. This goes for anything business wise or whatever it is that if you're afraid to take that next step, don't get advice from people who are not doing what you want to like if they're not doing what you want to do stop asking them yeah. like stop asking them for the advice and if you are in that space of you know asking the people for their advice and opinions and you know the feedback you're going to get from them you're just doing that to self sabotage and stay in the same spot like i say that out of love but it's just don't ask the people who are not doing what you want to do like go to where people are doing what you want to do and learn from them. That's what I would say. Did you go and seek out Lisa Nichols, who motivates the masses for your inspiration? Do what she does? I did in a very unique way. Um, so what happened was, I mean, one of the reasons I feel so passionate about podcasting is back in like 2014, 2015, it was podcasts, YouTube, and books for me. That was literally all I could access, right? I, I was not in a space to hire coaching, etc. And there were two events that I was gifted tickets to. Um, that event was a seven-day event in Vegas. It was a personal development event, like an ironic place to go for personal development. I'm not a Vegas person, but because I, yeah, it was not my thing. But being there for a very immersive, like 12 hours a day, hearing from like some of the best to me personal development speakers, like was Robin Sharma was there and John Maxwell and Lisa Nichols. And it was, I was definitely meant to hear Lisa Nichols. I'd already listened to her on YouTube, but the one thing she said openly, she said, if you are wanting to learn how to be more open, authentic, share yourself, share your story, and you don't know, and you have a vulnerable story and you don't know how to share it, this message is for you. And I was like, I, I swear she's talking to me. And she just shared openly, how do you do that? Like, how do you speak a story and be vulnerable, but leave everyone in integrity. And I've followed her rules since then. I really have. To me, they just, like I openly share, this is my story as a parent, what I walked through. I don't share my kid's story because that's not, it's not, it's not right for me to do it. And it's not accurate. And that's not why I'm here. So I openly share that. And I learned that definitely from her. Now you're doing three episodes a week. Solos, interviews? Mm -hmm. I'm doing two solos and one interview a week. And it's like we are booked out until 
with probably banked episodes close to the end of the year. I mean, when I first started, I had to look for guests. Now I have to practice saying, I'm sorry, I can't take you for guests. And we probably get anywhere between 15 and 20 pitches a week. I might take one or two. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's cool. It is very cool. It's hard. Cause there are times where I'm like, I'm so sorry, but this mm. is where we're at right now. And this is what I asked for. Like, this is literally what I, I, I knew I was like, there was a point where I was like, I can't wait to be able to have like so many different pitches to choose from. And the yeah. flip side of that is that you have to say no to people. And so I still, I cheer people on. I'm encouraging, but I'm grateful that I get to have some of the conversations that I get to have now. Fantastic. Do you have a team that helps you out or are you a one woman show on the podcast? No, no, I was for a really long time Mm. until I, and I know this is hard for business owners. until I sat down and tracked how many hours I was spending a week on editing episodes, getting them ready, doing it. And I believe we all have our zone of genius and excellence. I believe that we do. And when I started to recognize that I was spending like 10 hours a week plus doing interviews and, you know, editing, et cetera, you know, 40 hours a month, it's like, okay, wait, can I pay somebody else who is way better than I am at this and can do it faster? And I can. So I do have, I have one person who helps me out. I have a second person who's also in behind the scenes. And Mm -hmm. I mean, the goal The goal is to get to the point that it's literally, I record it and I pass it on completely. I don't do show notes. I don't do, Mm. but I do all of that now. I do the show notes. I do all the social media with it because again, I like to honor the people that I've interviewed, Mm. right? Like I really do. I want to, I, 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 I'm invested in them and their story. Sounds fair. Cause it's hard not to remove yourself for these emotionally attached uh, conversations that you have. You, you put your soul and heart into all this and then say, well, now it's somebody else's problem. Do you think you'll be able to do that at some point or never? No, I don't know. I think, I think that I will always be in some way, shape or form. I like it's podcasting will always be a pillar in my business because I believe in it so much. I love it. And there's something else for me that again, going back to my own story, when I first started, I couldn't have afforded, there's no way I could have gotten coaching or done anything. We were just trying to figure out how to survive. And so for me, I'm really proud that this is a free resource that's out there regularly. I really am proud of that. And I think it's important. You know, I've had people reach out and say, I can't, I can't afford to do coaching right now. What would you recommend? And I'm like, there's 500 episodes. Like just start picking something that speaks to you because that content is always out there to support people at different points in their journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And then rinse and repeat, you can help so many people on a mass scale Yes, and they still get that, uh, that nugget that they need without uh, taking up your time over and over. Cause mm-hmm. you have to set boundaries, as you said. Yes, definitely have to definitely. Good. So now you have a Patreon uh, community called outspoken mm-hmm. working on outspoken magazine mm-hmm. and then your book um, mm-hmm. collab is she moves mountains. And then when she stopped asking why those are huge topics, those really resonate with me. Like it's all powerful stuff that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's yeah. big. It's a lot of big puzzle pieces at once. And like my solo book, when she stopped asking why I was in 2017 and then in 2020 and 2022, we released two collab books. So we've helped like 30 plus authors with really difficult stories, owning your choices and everybody holds a story. And now, um, about two months ago, 
you know what? I started TikTok. I had somebody, I've had people reach out to me. It's just been nonstop about publishing and writing vulnerable stories. And I'm just listening. And this one person, Aaron, who is amazing, was like, can you help me with my story? Because I can write a story, but how do I bring my vulnerable side to it? Like, how would how do I share? What is oversharing? What does that look like? And so then we started working together and we're editing his book. And he was like, you know what? This is just, I like what you're doing. Would you be interested in publishing? And I'm like, um, yep, let's just see what we can do and how this works. And so now there's three of us in our, I call it team, because I couldn't do any of this without them. And we work together behind the scenes, building out what publishing is going to look like. We're starting um, like a book writing mastermind because I want to be able to give people support on, on how to even write a book and put a vulnerable story together. And then um, the Outpoken Digital Magazine is an interesting thing because that was an idea I had for probably four or five months that I felt like was ridiculous. And how could I bring that to life? And I'm only being honest with you because uh, how many of us like hush our own ideas down and we, we shove them down and say, this is not going to work until I spoke to my podcast manager, editor, incredible soul. And I said, look, I can't, this idea keeps dropping down. I don't even know what it looks like. And I think it's probably ridiculous. And she goes, oh, no, it's not ridiculous at all. Like this is like, it's actually brilliant. What we can do is start to link, you know, podcast episodes, you link them with QR codes, talk to other podcasters, other, and her ideas just started to download. And the reason I share that is because how many of us have great ideas, but we cut ourselves off at the knees because we can't figure out the how when actually it was never supposed to be for me to figure out on my own anyways. It was meant for others to come on board and support it. And we're in this time and space where, you know, to be part of some of the digital magazines that are out there, it's like four or $5,000 to be on a page. It's crazy. Like, yes, they are big, but it's like, no, I want to create something so that the people who are just starting, who can have access, who can market, who can do with their magazine, can be able to put that out there. And so I sat down and I went, what are the four key pillars that helped me all the way along? And it, it all just downloaded really quickly. It is like literally connection. You build connection first. That comes from vulnerability, learning how to share your story, who you are. Then you build collaboration. You're able to work together, right? And you help each other. You can both succeed. Then you build community. And when you build community, then you can have contribution. Like you can build more contribution. And I've got a lot of podcasters and people I've worked with who have their own nonprofits. They build things. I'm like, okay, we can build a give back component. I only share that because the whole idea downloaded really quickly once we started to talk it out. So you know, if an idea keeps downloading on you for your business or whatever it is, like it's for you. It's already for you. It's just don't leave it so that you're the only person who has to figure it out because that's going to slow it down. It's going to slow the whole thing down. Even though you're old enough to see Cheers uh, references in Ted Lasso, you still got a lot to go. I, I love that reference on your Instagram. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Ted Lasso is one of my favorite shows and I was so sad when it was done. And then when I saw the reference to Cheers, I'm like, whoa, wait, it's a reference to my other favorite show. And so I caught it. But yes, I definitely, there's a definitely a connection there. Is that how the universe tells you that you're on the right path by linking your two favorite shows together? Is that 
Maybe that and a whole bunch of things. I, I believe, and I, I've built a very strong intuition with myself and I know from the outside in, some people look at what I've done and it makes no sense. It honestly does make no sense. It's not, I have followed my intuition every step of the way. When I wanted to write my solo book in 2017, all of my immediate family thought it was absolutely ridiculous. Like people thought it was crazy. Why would you, and, and extended family, they were even more upset by the whole thing because we come from a generation where you don't talk about difficult things, right? We shove them down, we push them under the carpet, we pretend that we don't have any problems and we keep going. But that's why we're in the position that we're in. That's why we're constantly feeling alone in our challenges. And so most people thought it was crazy and I had this gut feeling, I kept sitting with it and it's like, no, you actually have to do this. And so I spent most of that year on my own. And, and I, I mean that in a way I did, I spent a lot of it on my own writing, editing and doing it. And I look back now and I think when I have doubt kick in, I stop and think you need to tap on, tap into the courage of you in 2017 who didn't give a crap what anyone else thought. And you still did it because I wouldn't be doing any of the work I do today without that book and starting. So don't that I cannot say it enough. Do not get stuck on the opinions of the people in your life today because your message very well might not even be for them at all. I'm going to risk linking every single thing you've talked about in the show notes so that people can't tell me what to do. Marsha, we're just going to shout the rooftops of the tens of people that are prepared to listen. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that. The, 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 what is it? The Patreon community, the podcast, the the magazine, um, and everything that happens, um, with Marsha and where we can find you, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram, we'll debate later, which one is the linky link, but uh, we'll get there. This has been amazing. This will teach people that patience is a virtue and you just got to dig deep. You do have to dig deep. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me, Elijah. Honestly, I, I love this kind of content and I love supporting other podcasters. Like I think podcasting is a beautiful way to connect with people from all over the world. And I mean, if you want to get and build more confidence in your voice and trust your message, start podcasting. People think it's saturated, but really it's just getting started. It's beautiful. It's not saturated. And I would say that um, even the fact that lots of people start it, we talked about that earlier, lots of people start it, but very few consistently see it through because it's work. It is work, but it's, I think it's a beautiful medium. It's worth it. I I couldn't agree more. Mm, Let's start a podcast.